Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Alleluia. The King ascendeth into heaven. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. It is his and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The King ascendeth into heaven. O come, let us worship him.
Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Alleluia. Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Alleluia. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Teach me thy way, O Lord. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies. For false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Alleluia. Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Alleluia. The Old Testament lesson for the Sunday after the Ascension is written in the 36th chapter of the book of the prophet Ezekiel, beginning at the 22nd verse. Therefore tell the house of Israel, The Lord God says, I don't do this for your sake, house of Israel, but for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you went. I will sanctify my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God when I am proven holy in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the nations, and gather you out of all the countries, and will bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness, and from all your idols. I will also give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes. You will keep my ordinances and do them. You will dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You will be my people, and I will be your God. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the fourth chapter of the first epistle of St. Peter, beginning at the seventh verse. Brothers, the end of all things is near. Therefore be of sound mind, self-controlled, and sober in prayer. And above all things, be earnest in your love among yourselves, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, Employ it in serving one another as good managers of the grace of God in its various forms. If anyone speaks, let it be as it were the very words of God. If anyone serves, let it be as of the strength which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, Don't be astonished at the fiery trial which has come upon you to test you as though a strange thing happened to you. But because you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, rejoice, that at the revelation of his glory you also may rejoice with exceeding joy. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, God reigneth over the heathen. 
God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. Alleluia, I will not leave you as comfortless. I go away and come again unto you, and your heart shall rejoice. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. John, the 15th and 16th chapters. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, When the Counselor has come, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. You will also testify, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said these things to you so that you wouldn't be caused to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time comes that whoever kills you will think that he offers service to God. They will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have told you these things, so that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you about them. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Alleluia. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Alleluia, alleluia. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Since I graduated college nearly 20 years ago, I've been surrounded by kids. In my previous career, I worked many years with kids. Then I had nieces and nephews, then four kids of my own. Even now in the ministry, I'm still working with kids. In school chapels, family retreats, in catechesis, and so on. I have been and still am completely surrounded by kids, and it's, it's a joy. And here's one thing I've learned working with kids in that time. Kids hate waiting. There's no patience. Kids want, want what they want now. And it's not because of TV or video games or whatever. It's because we aren't born with patience. We're born not knowing how to wait. So when I've been with kids that had to wait for even the smallest of things, I've seen them hit, kick, scratch, throw things, scream, throw temper tantrums, call names, whine. And if they're a bit older, they get bored and then find ways to get into trouble. Because a child doesn't know how to wait. A child has to be formed, molded, taught to wait, and to develop patience. However, I've also worked with many adults in those 20 years, and in my life now, I'm surrounded by adult siblings, cousins, friends, so on, just like I've been surrounded with children. And here's what I've learned about adults. Many are no better at waiting than kids. <laughs> adults hate needing to have patience just as much. And as proof of this, we look to this Sunday, the seventh Sunday of Easter, also traditionally known as the Sunday of waiting. We Christians here in the church here have an entire Sunday today devoted to teach us how to wait. And here's why. In the church year, we've been through Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Holy Week, Good Friday, Easter, and last Thursday, the Ascension. 
We've been journeying with Jesus from the time of the Old Testament Israel to his ascension into heaven. Every step along the way, there has been an event to celebrate, to commemorate, to learn from the scriptures. We've been journeying with Jesus through his ministry, death, and resurrection, where there was always something happening. But today is different. Today we find ourselves sitting with the apostles after the ascension and waiting for Pentecost. And do you know what the apostles did for these 10 days? They sat and they waited and waited and waited, not knowing when the Spirit would come upon them, but just clinging to the promise that he would come. And that's like where we are. We've been baptized into the faith, into the flesh and blood of our Lord, into his death and resurrection. Every Sunday, we hear about the cross, we hear the gospel promise, we hear about the hope of the resurrection, and we sit, and we wait, and we wait, and we wait, just like the apostles did, not knowing when the Lord will return, but just clinging to that promise that he will. And as we wait, what we learn about ourselves is we hate waiting. We don't know how to do it. And not knowing how to wait means impatience grows. And with impatience comes bickering with each other, fighting and arguing, divisions in the church. Impatience means we gossip and complain about each other. Or worse, we become tired and sleepy through the scriptures, the gospels, the sermons, living the baptized life. Impatience means we get bored and become idle. And when we're idle, we begin to find ways to get into trouble. Maybe with gossip, gluttony, addiction, or just chasing after whatever lusts. And those sins can turn into tears, broken lives, broken homes, broken marriages, and so on. Because adults are no better than children at waiting. We, like children, need to learn how to wait. We have to be formed, molded, and taught in baptism how to wait. Which is exactly what St. Peter sets out to do in our epistle. To teach us, catechize us on how to wait. And so he begins saying, the end of all things is at hand. You see, that's the first thing we baptize need to learn about waiting. It's not eternal. The waiting is not eternal. In fact, the end of the waiting is imminent. In the history of the ages, we are in the last days, where Christ's return is at hand and will happen quickly when it does. And yet, as St. Peter says this, we can't help but notice that since Christ ascended, it's been over 2,000 years That's how long the church has waited, over 2,000 years, which makes his return feel neither eminent nor quick, because 2,000 years, that's a long time for us. But for God and his plan of salvation and his patience, a 1,000 years is like a day. In the history of God's salvation, Christ's coming is indeed eminent. And also consider this, for us... Does it matter if we meet the end of all things either by our Lord calling us to him in death or by his coming to us in glory? It doesn't matter at all. Even if our Lord doesn't come back in our lifetimes, our years on this earth are fleeting. The psalmist says our years are 70 or 80 if we're blessed with strength. Time goes by fast. The end of all things for us is indeed imminent, whether our Lord returns or whether we die and go to him. 
So Peter is correct here. The end of all things is at hand. This is no time to fall asleep or to fall into drunkenness. And so he says, therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Notice that. Why do we wait in self-control? Why do we wait being sober-minded? So that we can pray. And why do we pray? Because Christ died for us, forgave us our sins, baptized us into himself, made us sons of the Father in heaven. And so through the Son and by the Spirit, we pray to the Father in the forgiveness that the Son won for us and with the hope of the resurrection. That's why we pray. Because while a thousand years may be like a day to God, a day or a moment of waiting to us can feel like an eternity in this life. What are we to do when the waiting becomes heavy and unbearable? Well, St. Peter says it. Keep yourself self-controlled, sober-minded, so that you can pray. So that's the first thing Peter tells us about how to wait. Know that the end is imminent, and in this knowledge and hope, pray. That's the first thing. The second thing about waiting is this. Peter says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Peter here is speaking specifically to us in the church. Keep loving one another earnestly. All of us baptized are waiting for the Lord, so why wait alone? Instead, Peter tells us to draw close to each other, encourage each other. Don't wait alone, but gather around the word and sacrament together as we wait. Because along with prayer and yearning and love to be with Christ in heaven, the greatest way to wait and prepare for the end is to love each other. And Peter shows us two ways which we love each other in waiting. And the first is this. He says, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. He's saying, be eager to forgive each other. We're the church of Christ on earth. We've been given the power of the keys, the authority of Christ himself to forgive in his name. So Peter says, use that authority and be eager to love each other in Christ's forgiveness. Because if love covers a multitude of sins, then love for each other means we are not eager to gossip or condemn or publicly shame the sins of our brothers or be eager for division or quarreling. Rather, it means we are eager to forgive each other as God is eager to forgive us. And if love covers a multitude of sins, then it is also quick to close any divides, arguments, or tribalism that can creep in. So that's the first thing about love in the church. The second thing St. Peter says is to show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Love forgives, and then it is quick to gather others to itself at great cost and sacrifice. Such a love that shows hospitality is quick to gather in the fatherless, the widows, the poor, and to care for them spiritually and bodily. Such hospitality is quick to welcome back and feed those who have strayed. Such love and hospitality is not complicated, but it's learning who our brother in Christ and neighbor is. That's what hospitality does. It learns who that person is, and it's hospitable to where they have a need. Whether a physical need that can be met at the dining room table or a spiritual need that can be met at the Lord's table. 
Because here in the church is where all of us who are spiritually poor gather together. We're all the same. We're all spiritually poor. Whether or not we have great earthly wealth, we're all spiritually poor together. What reason would there be to grumble then if we were to use what God gave us in this life to help those whom God put around us for eternity? Because Christ himself does not grumble as he washes our feet. So then let us not also grumble when we sacrifice for our neighbor and forgive each other. So with all this, to wait means first to remember the end is imminent, to be self-controlled and sober to pray. And then it also means to love each other in forgiveness and hospitality. And St. Peter continues, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Within the church, we are all given gifts or graces of God. Not graces for our justification, because only God's grace in Christ justifies But here St. Peter speaks about graces of natural talents when used to serve God and neighbor instead of ourselves is true sacrificial love towards the neighbor because we are responsible for these graces to God who has bestowed them on us. And we're responsible for these graces to our neighbor because we've been given these graces to use for the neighbor. Because what are we to tell our master if we bury our talents until he returns? That doesn't serve the neighbor, it only serves the self. And misses why God gave us those talents. And the graces or talents which God has blessed those in his church with varies. Because the man who speaks and proclaims the word of God, the man who's ordained, he is to love the neighbor in speaking only what God has spoken, nothing more, nothing less, and certainly not anything from his own imagination. It's not his church, but God's, and only God's word is to be spoken. That's the same for those men who help the pastor read the text or pray in the service. All of it must be within the word of God. But again, God's graces are various. Not everyone is to speak or proclaim. Others serve within the strength God has given them. For some, this means by their positions of power in the world or their education or their wealth to serve the neighbor in those ways. For others, it is abilities to organize or lead, maybe talents of accounting or musical ability. And so we see that around here. We we have some serve in compassion as mechanics, others that speak words of wisdom from their age, women of the congregation which change the banners, prep communion, help in various ways with the social events of the church. And for others without all these talents or without the strength in these talents, perhaps their gift is to show affection and enthusiasm within the church. This is why we Christians educate our children. And that's why we Christians believe education is so important. So our children may learn to wait. They may learn to praise God in that waiting. They may discover and develop the graces which God has given them to serve the neighbor in their vocations. But whatever gifts or graces of which we are individually stewards of, all of them are to serve the neighbor. These graces are not meant to serve the self. These graces are meant 
to serve the neighbor so that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in our time of waiting. This then is how St. Peter teaches us to wait. First, by knowing the end is near and doing everything to remain in prayer. Two, by loving those of the body of Christ in forgiveness and hospitality. And three, by serving our neighbors in being good stewards of the graces God has given us. Baptized into Christ, this is what we strive for. And if we strive for these things, as Peter tells us, then the blood of Christ will heal all divisions and we'll be too busy serving our neighbors to be idle. And in this time of waiting, what does our Lord do? Our Lord invites us to partake of his body and blood at the altar where he nourishes us, where he shows us his love, where he loves us and serves us so we may love and serve others. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Almighty everlasting God, make us to have always a devout will toward you and to serve your majesty with a pure heart. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, 
love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, 
who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.